0: Off top, it's illegal to play football or baseball in Pennsylvania on Sundays. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. What's up, Charlie? How are you guys at your computer doing?
1: Apparently, Uh, you,
0: you soaked it in some fizzy drinks.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll find out. We <laughs> are not sponsored by Tapo Chico, but if you want to sponsor us after I spilled 16 ounces of your delightful mineral water all over my laptop, that would be a great uh, <laughs> consolation prize. Um, so, yeah. But we'll see. It's tented and it's drying out. So,
0: <sighs> well, I believe in your computer's ability to heal itself, just like I believe in ayahuasca's ability to heal Aaron Rodgers. Check out that segue. So, I am... Um, I'm weirdly becoming Aaron Rodgers defender. And so there's two things that are Aaron Rodgers related. One, he went on McAfee and he Mm kind of insinuated that he be willing to leave the Packers, which on his face is outrageous given that he signed a huge deal and it seems that they've been doing everything they can do to capitulate to his every whim and that part of their issue well, part of the reason why they lost um, Adams was because Aaron was taking time to decide, which I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I mean I don't know about that. That that's that's a bit confusing to me because, but whatever, it doesn't matter. We can go ahead and say that that's fact for the sake of this conversation. So that's one thing about Aaron Rodgers, and then this men's health article was also really interesting. The the writer kind of put all the the anti-vax type stuff at the end. And he did a great job of making me like sympathize with Aaron Rodgers throughout it and like think he's a good guy who's just trying to figure it out. And it just read to me like a man with no kids and a lot of money, which is clearly what he is, where it's just like, it's just a constant search, which I, I don't mean that with any judgment, but it's, it just felt like, when you have these, you have certain things in your life that just kind of give you meaning, I guess. You don't necessarily need to look for it in the way that Aaron is looking for. But that's not fair. It feels like Aaron has found it. It just wasn't what we thought. And it's. uh, I'm in complete support of anybody. We've had conversations a bit about religion in the past. And I put astrology in that same kind of, category and in that sometimes people need these sorts of things which i don't judge them for it's fine it gives them some peace gives them some understanding gives them the illusion of control um and also like I i talked about this with ashley on on a tuesday show about how like i appreciate that we go to church regularly now and it's not because like i'm devoutly religious but it forces into my life, like some meditation moments of meditation. And it also forces you to kind of step out of your life sometimes and take a look at the big picture and reassess and, and, and understand that however stressful your week was or however great your week was, or however bad your week was, it just is like uh one little dot in the whole scape of the world and i feel like that's all aaron is doing he's just using unusual tattoos and drugs in the forest (laughs) to to get there and it's it's fine so uh, what about the article or i mean at some point we'll get back to the the mcafee comments because i find that incredibly interesting because i'm on the opposite side of literally everyone on earth it feels like of that, because I'm on Aaron's side, I think what he said and did was fine. But is there anything in the article
1: that jumped out to you? I don't think it. I, the article itself didn't really break new ground to me. The thing mm-hmm. about Aaron Rodgers is the way that I feel about him when I hear him talk sometimes, or I see his quotes, I find the way he's talking more sympathetic than what he's actually saying. Yeah. Um. And I hold found. On, hold on. That- talk about? talk, about talk. I think
0: that reading Aaron Rodgers is much better than listening to Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. Because when you're uh, watching him in that Mac, if anybody's seen it, by all means, take a look at it. He just comes across as so smug and
1: arrogant. Anyway, go ahead. I think I said that backwards by the way, but you, you're yeah, yeah. with you completely <laughs> um, that sometimes when I, Like, listen to him. I find him very smug and dismissive. And you can see the little grin where he's like, oh, I'm going to F with the media here and there. And then no matter what he says, I usually take the other side. Yeah. But to me, this also sounded like an athlete where he has come to grips with the fact that he's really great at this and it takes a lot of work, but it's not the most important thing in his life. And I found that to be the most relatable thing is like everyone plays sports when they're a kid because it's awesome and being good at sports makes you really cool. And then you get older and you realize is that people care less and less and there's more to who you are. So that was sort of my big takeaway from his men's health piece. and I found that to be very easy to connect with. You probably connect with that far, far, far more than I do, but I found that very easy to yeah. like understand where he's coming from absolutely connect with it. I, I'm surprised though that, I mean, I shouldn't be
0: surprised now because he's been willing to share, but mm-hmm. he's not the only athlete who like comes to grips with the idea that their sport is not the most important thing in their life. But most of them know better than to say it publicly because no one wants to hear that or accept
1: that. It's also in stark contrast to Tom Brady. That's oh the thing. And that, But that's when you look at aging quarterbacks, when you look at the decision tree every single offseason that these organizations are held hostage by, it's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and one of them is a you know football obsessed snake oil salesman the other one is a conspiracy theory obsessed snake oil salesman <laughs> right. so you get the exact opposite ends of the spectrum and we're led to think that Tom Brady's view is um more altruistic and that right. he's like pulling every drop of talent out of his body um right. but I don't know which one is the more healthy view of football. I, I truly don't because I, I don't, do. You, oh, you do? Yeah.
0: I mean, Aaron Rodgers. It seems like it is. It,
1: this is like a weird extreme. Also, oh no, they're
0: both weird extremes. I yeah. this is in a binary world. Yes. like yeah, uh, I, it's it's amazing. Like all the things around Tom Brady that we uh, don't like uh, judge. Right. like and and they all seem so direct like the bad things or some of the difficult things in his life seem directly tied to his obsession with uh the game and we just count super bowls
1: and be like oh he's winning and to your point yeah the way we view him as winning it's also it's beyond that guys like me people who who didn't play sports what what everyone tells themselves is I would do it like Tom Brady. If <laughs> I had the talent, I would get every. This is the same yeah. people who couldn't be bothered to do, you know, yeah. even touch the line running suicides their entire <laughs> life have convinced themselves they would be Tom Brady.
0: That's the that's the best part. I um I had a conversation with like not really a friend but somebody I see pretty often, um a couple of days ago that was kind of similar to that, and he was complaining about basketball players. I think it was on the heels of. Uh Trey Young having some other situation where he just oh he wasn't like proper this is before the most recent Hawk story, but it was mm-hmm. like just about Trey Young when he had to when he got benched. And it was mm-hmm. like I wouldn't do it like that. I mean you're getting the it's just the, all the the stuff that we hear all the time it's like you're getting paid a bunch of money to play a game, which like, yeah, I get it. It's a great life, but imagining what you would be like in your 20s with endless talent and endless cash. It's like a wonder. And then like much
1: better haircut.
0: (laughs) That's fair. But I mean, in that situation, I thought Trey young, what was going on with him was normal. And then he handled it. So professionally when he had his interviews afterwards. And that's just, it, it, I don't know how we ended up on Trey young. I'll pull us back in to, to the Aaron Rodgers conversation, but I, I find all that interesting and funny. And, Let's move on to the
1: McAfee part of it. Or I guess it's not the McAfee part of it. It's the... They, they go hand in hand. Yeah. Because I think they work with his, you know, vision quest of his late 30s.
0: <laughs> so uh, he said that uh, he is good enough to be an MVP again. And he's not sure uh, if it needs to be in Green Bay. And everyone's up in arms because how could he say something like this? No one should be surprised. He says wild things all the time. But the position that I took is... And after that, he kind of made it clear that what they need to do is give his boys some money, which like I respect wholeheartedly. <laughs> he ride, he ride for his dogs, and I love that. He's like, that was the one part I didn't like.
1: That was the only really? part I didn't like. Yeah. That's
0: the that's the best part. He was riding for his dudes. He was like, and to me, maybe that speaks to the fact that championships aren't the most important, but he's like, he's like, you know what's important. My friends, <laughs> bring Mercedes back, bring Randall back,
1: give him all a stack of cash. I loved it. So, that was like to me, that was like the game of chicken because it was so incongruent with the rest of what he said. Because if he's trying to bring back Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard, that's not upgrading the, the roster to get to the point where he can win the Super Bowl, which is what he said he needs to do, or what's the point of it? Um, so, like that, I was like, okay. One of these something has to give here because if if they do either one of your plans, you're gonna find a way to be mad at the organization because they didn't fulfill all of your wants and needs.
0: <laughs>
1: um yeah, I mean I guess. But I, I guess the way that I viewed it is
0: Aaron Rodgers, this is so this is um again, I feel like I bring up my union experience a lot lately, but mm-hmm. this is from my union experience. Football players at some point in their life, realize that they are no longer on a team and they are in a business. Yeah. It happened for me in college when we, my freshman year, they burned my red shirt at the end of the season. We won the ACC championship. We went to the orange bowl when we got back. Didn't um, go great. Yeah. We got destroyed by Florida, but it was a great season, surprising yeah. season. We had, that was the second game we lost all year. Um, When we got back, our coach Ralph Freedom went uh oh no, he got back and they had Cadillacs in the um in the parking lot. All the coaches had gotten a deal with Cadillac. And then the following season, and, and we got a bag of um sweatshirts that said orange bowl on them. And I think we got a DVD player. The next season, I think we lost two games. We had another great year. After that year, Coach Freegen went on a bunch of interviews. We got a bag of shit that said Gator Bowl on it. And we destroyed West Virginia in the Gator Bowl. And that's when I was kind of like, and then uh, through all this process, I'm watching how some guys are getting escorted out because they aren't good enough. And they're like, your scholarship is now revoked. And I'm starting to realize this ain't a team anymore. Like it feels like a team sometimes, but it also feels like a business. And so what I learned from like my union experience is that happens for all players at some, at a certain point, quarterbacks are late. Yeah. Because quarterbacks are treated special, especially top quarterbacks are treated special. And they feel like they are part of an organization. And when I was in the union, the quarterbacks were the toughest people to like work with because they felt like they were closer to management (laughs) than the rest of us. And so when we're in our like caucuses with just players. And we're talking about the things that we want and what we're going to fight for and how much we're willing to sacrifice. They're like either not showing up or like, eh, uh, I don't know about that. Like it's real. They mighty nice to us until they learn. And yeah. when Peyton Manning messed up his back, he learned drew Brees was early. He, he learned early. Cause when he messed up his shoulder with the charges, they sent them packing and Aaron Rodgers learned when he had a couple rough seasons in a row, they went and drafted somebody on his ass. And so that's what I, that's what I took from this. Is This is a person who like knows that right now that this is not an organization that actually, and you he would have thought that he would have learned it when he took Brett Favre's job, but no, he's the new love interest. And he feels different. Go ahead. You like, you want, you have something to say?
1: No, no. I just like, to me, I think the organization is still treating him special. They're paying him fifty-eight million dollars next year. They Gutukunst and Lafleur wanted to meet with him. They want to get him weapons. They ended up with Christian Watson and Dobbs. And what what he actually said, if you like, look at his quotes. To me, the rest of the quotes made like perfect sense to me. I can win the MVP in the right situation. Duh. Like none of these football players win MVP in the wrong situation. Like we were talking about that with Jalen Hurts earlier right, but- this season.
0: The implication
1: was, and not implication. He said outright that he doesn't know if it's there. Yeah, but yeah, that's so just that's pressure. That's pressure to sign better players and use their draft picks. The right, right. So that's the it. point. That's the point I'm making. Is yeah. he he. They're not treating him special.
0: They're treating him like a player who has a lot of value. Okay, and I think fair. that's that's the point that I'm making. Is. So many quarterbacks think that they are being treated special because they are special. You're getting treated special because your talent is special. And once yeah. your talent is no longer special, they go draft Aaron Rodgers on your ass, they go draft Jordan Love on your ass, and then like it's the LeBron model. It's yeah. like I don't trust any of you and I shouldn't. So I'm going to use whatever leverage I have. And I that's all I took that as is him like yeah. doing whatever he can. And so that's like uh, that's why this morning uh, and I guess it's yesterday morning now. When you guys are listening on on Get Up, I'm listening to people who are like, "Man, I gave you so much money, and you're being a jerk. Show up to camp and do it like stop." It's like, no,
1: you don't get it. They don't give a sh about him. Well, I also think he's somewhat aligned with the organization. Him putting the uh, pressure on the organization to try and win a Super Bowl during his the late prime window is what the smart organization should should be trying to do, especially if they don't know if Jordan loves the sure thing afterwards because it could take a long time to get, a, get back there. So I, don't, I, I didn't read this as him doing anything wrong. The other thing that, you know, the football guys on Twitter were saying, he should want to win Super Bowls, not the MVP. And I was like, this is, of all the Aaron Rodgers things he said, a Mr. Cancel Culture casket. Of Mr. (laughs) Imina, you're upset because he wants to play an MVP level again after he had the worst season of his career. That is so logical to think of yourself in that moment in the level you can reach. That's
0: uh, yeah, that's just that's one of those things where you just don't like Aaron Rodgers. And so you got to dissect whatever he says and find something to disagree with it on. But I don't know. We got playoff football to talk about, so we don't spend too much time on Aaron Rodgers. And it looks like you have a a koala with a tennis racket on your shirt. So that's right. At some point, we're doing some Aussie open talk uh, probably at the end of this podcast. So. Let's get to these playoff games before we get to some tennis. Now let's talk about the play of the week, the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play and boom on Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
2: Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Which one do you want to start with? We got to start with those bangles. Yeah. I mean, it's the game that, that didn't happen and it's like, you yeah. know, it's definitely the most interesting matchup this weekend. But, and I, I this is a big but, doesn't it feel to you like both of these teams are in a worse spot than they were three weeks ago when they were supposed to play Monday Night Football? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> like,
0: they don't... So, I don't know if that's true of the Bills as much as it is of the Bengals. Um, I, I mean, I guess the Bills lost Demar Hamlin so that yeah. certainly but they they uh that certainly weakens that team they are supposed to be getting Poirier back soon too which i think will ha- help their their depth at safety but i think the first thing that comes to my mind is obviously Demar Hamlin the reason yeah. why they didn't finish that last game and uh from what i understand i think uh McDermott said Hamlin's been at the facility mm-hmm. a bunch uh, leading up to this and it just made me think is he gonna be at the game? And how is the team gonna treat it? And how is the league gonna treat it? And how's the TV partner going to treat him being back at a game between the teams that or against the team that he got? Or I mean that is caused his heart to stop right. on the field. Like I don't know how how to say this, but and I don't know. It's hard for me to understand the energy around this game. Playoff level intensity is one thing, but both of those teams went through something traumatic together. So, like, it's going to be uh, unusual for them to be back together. I think it's going to be a bit like more like brotherly than it is like antagonistic.
1: Yeah. Well, here's a question I have, and it's something we were texting about earlier. It is I said to you. I would love him to be at the game, but I don't want him to be a mascot. And you said that's impossible. And I was thinking about it and I was like, if he wants to be the, at the game, is it actually bad if he sort of ends up being like a mascot and making them feel okay? Like, is that like, it's like, it's, it's weird. And the broadcast will be able to virtue signal and talk about like the strength of young men and the strength of teams and the support of them. And that stuff will all be super cringeworthy, but in, in a vacuum for the game, for the players, for the fans, for tomorrow, DeMar- Hamlin. It actually might be healthy to have him there yeah. and be like, a, you know. I'm I'm going to try. This
0: is not a New Year's resolution, but it should be to be less cynical. Yeah. Because I think that my immediate response is to be like upset by that. But because. It was mine too.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is to be bothered by it. But I think it probably does make a lot of people feel good. And it is a. A a story that'll make people happy i think what but and i guess i'm asking myself like what about it what bothers me about it it's that the nfl is going to try to like hold this up as something to celebrate and be be proud of like i think that's the thing that bothers me more than anything is like i would love for all of us in the country to have this great moment i just don't want the nfl to benefit from it
1: (laughs) right which is that's what it feels like how they're gonna treat next demar hamlin five years from now and or DeMar Hamlin himself five years from here. I mean Russell Gage got, got yeah. carted off the field in the playoff game and it was after everyone turned off the game. Most people yes, didn't know it. Yeah. Exactly. Literally after the game was in, in hand, and that's why it's not a bigger story.
0: Yeah. Um, and I apparently he's doing really well. He tweeted it out that he's fine. Um, Russell Gage, that is. But yeah, I think that's the that's the part that's weird, but I should just let that go because I think it's probably going to be feel good for all of us to to see him at the game and if they put the camera on him and he waves or whatever like everyone's just gonna feel good and it just reminds me a bit of how the nfl like rolls out the military and then is actually charging them to do like just all that like kind of faux um like we're one of you type of things that the league does, but whatever I will put my cynicism aside and I'll shed a tear with the rest of you of joy that
1: DeMar is fine and he's back on the field and he's strong and healthy. And for me, it was more about the actual players themselves, like that they both players and both teams might actually feel less awkward playing football with him there. Um, Who knows? Maybe it'll be more awkward, but this is one of my thoughts.
0: Yeah. I mean, it makes it less uncomfortable to talk about the game itself. So we can talk about that. Uh, I really felt strongly Cincinnati was going to win, but all until uh, like one more offensive line injury, yeah, it's like and uh, Eli Apple was banged up and their corners are weak. But the hard part is looking back at the Bills. I mean, it all comes down to Josh Allen.
1: (laughs) I I'm really disappointed in Josh Allen. Yeah, it's straight up. Like I, 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 we've we've talked about Josh Allen ad nauseum on debatable on get up on Everything. this show. And the thing that I'm actually disappointed by coming into this year, I thought he was 1A or 1B with Mahomes. And I still think his high-end outcomes that we saw last year in the playoffs in the first couple weeks of this year are on that level because of the talent and the talent's off the chart. But like the decision-making and the consistency right now has been so disappointing. Like I thought we we're gonna get to the playoffs. They're gonna play clean football. And they were on the verge of going up 21 nothing in that game. And he just wasn't that good. And I know that there will be nerds and telling me about like him driving the ball down the field and the yards per play and he, like no, we have eyeballs. He wasn't that good. He went and like I don't think he's gonna be the best quarterback in this game. Yeah. Um. So, Mahomes is on a tier all his
0: own. Josh Allen is not as close to him as we thought he was. Yeah. The funny thing about Josh Allen to me is he is what we were told. He's what we we were told his ceiling would be. Yeah, but I guess from a – what what jumps out to me about Josh Allen is he's – I don't know the exact quarterback comp, but I feel like at least when I was growing up, there were a lot of like – or I felt like there were a number of super athlete quarterbacks in college who were black by and large, and we were told that they could not play the position – because they could not just focus, they could not just um lean on their athleticism and the tropes about them not being able to read defenses and all that stuff was out there. Whether it was true for one or two of them or not, I don't, I mean, doesn't matter. It was like a, a general kind of unfair characterization. That's who Josh Allen is, though. Yeah. Josh Allen is a crazy athlete who doesn't seem to want to read defenses but it doesn't matter because he's right. so good or i mean not even that he doesn't want to read defenses because i i don't i don't want to fall into the trap of suggesting that he's not smart in the same way that people did those quarterbacks but he's just high he's just a risk taker yeah and, and and it's i don't know I've, I've made this same take so many times i don't need to defend it it just jumps out to me as weird as the way we talk about josh allen is has nothing like it it, it doesn't Come with those same connotations, and I read an article about him earlier today that was just talking about essentially it's a bunch of like untold stories from his life mm. that that they mined from a bunch of people. Which some of them were interesting, but the the thing that just jumped out to me is the whole chip on the shoulder thing and underestimated his whole life. I can't imagine there's some high school. Um, assessment where he got bumped down to the, to the bad field. Like it just felt like a lie, honestly, because in what world does that man not, I mean, even if it was just a play tight end, do they not put him on the high field? Like it wasn't a story yeah. from him and it, I'm sure it probably is true, but I I guess uh, the scouts who went out to the sticks of California can't see because <laughs> there's no way that that kid in
1: high school was not someone that people were interested in. I know. Well, to me, he's like the comp I always think is like he's actually like Brett Favre just playing modern football. Like and like if you look at Brett Favre's highlights, they look a lot like Josh Allen's where he's just a complete madman throwing the ball 60 yards downfield across his body. I mean, it's
0: it's Brett Favre with Cam Newton's body because Cam Newton was never (laughs) that reckless.
1: No, no. And like yeah, much more controlled and you know He was camp, but the other thing is, I think we all expected Josh Allen. Like he had that crazy exponential growth, mm-hmm. and then we thought it would flatten off and be like a little bit more linear. And it's it it's not. It was he had this huge spike, and that raised his floor immensely. Like he's not Josh Allen. Are we sure he's a starting quarterback anymore? Right. He's Josh Allen, most likely future Hall of Fame quarterback, who right. at his top level can beat anyone on any given day. But I thought he would incrementally continue to become an efficiency monster like he did last year in the playoffs. And that's why it's actually disappointing because I love watching him play. I love watching the way his team plays when he's hot. And then it's incredibly disappointing when he does really dumb things and makes the games more difficult. It's not disappointing. It's
0: so fun, but I, I think he's, you're right. He's the same person. He always was. He's just doing it at a higher level. Like he's still erratic, like a EKG monitor. Is that what that mm-hmm. is? When you go, Like he's still that it's just early in his career. He was that in the CD range. Now he's that in the A to C range where he's just right. like up and down between there. All right. So, um, and Joe Burrow seems like kind of the opposite where he's like gotten so much better at making decisions uh he, he's, he's so good yeah he's figured out um how to attack the too high he's figured out how to avoid um sacks he's he seems really comfortable in this offense so uh, i don't know do we are we picking or are we just talking what do
1: you want i think this was just a i this was a stay away it's a the bills are four point favorites and i don't totally know what to do with this game I and mean, these teams had the two worst wins of wild card weekend which is weird to say about any playoff win but like they were a Snoop Huntley fumble. The Bengals were a Snoop Huntley fumble away from losing that game. And Josh Allen and the Bills tried to give that game to Skylar Thompson several times.
0: It was a, a crazy fumble, too. It wasn't just a fumble. It was a 14-point swing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we can stay away from that game. I guess you take the points just if you were thinking it, like right? Yeah. W- if, if you can't pick, I don't know. All right, what's the next game?
1: All right, um, so we do have a couple bets. Okay. Thirty-one and twenty-seven on the year. Um, first one, a uh, two-team teaser. We get six points in each game to make the odds minus one twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Eagles are seven and a half point favorites over the Giants. Tease that down to one and a half, and the Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites over the Jaguars. Tease that down to two and a half.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I feel confident that the Eagles are talented enough to win that game without a completely healthy Jalen
1: Hurts and. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Also, doesn't it feel to you like the Giants and the Jaguars won their Super Bowl last week? <laughs> yeah, it it did. I mean, the Giants the Giants getting into the playoffs
0: was like an a, achievement considering where they started. And the same is true for the Jags. And mm-hmm. uh, they both had really impressive wins for different reasons last week. Uh, really impressive wins against opponents that were flawed, but respectable opponents but yeah it's they're, they're not expecting much and after this you're right if there is some emotional um reservoir they emptied it <laughs> yeah they emptied it on the field
1: and whatever was left they shook out in the celebration afterwards in both both teams both coaching staffs have to be like incredibly reassured that they're able to win a high leverage game like it, it just genuinely doesn't feel as high stakes for them as it does for the other playoff teams um which is weird because if either one of them upset one of these teams, it'd be a massive story, but it just feels out of reach. Um, next one, Dak over one and a half touchdowns, um, passive touchdowns. I just think that they're, they're playing the 49ers. We know the 49ers are, are going to score, or most likely going to score unless Purdy starts shitting the bed. I feel like Dak coming off as the best playoff game of his career is going to keep slinging it. Yeah, I mean, you're going to hard-pressed to get me to argue against Dak as much
0: as i love this 49ers defense i do believe that Dak he could get two touchdowns to get this how many did he throw against them last year because they didn't score that many points last year i mean it's a whole different team now i'm not sure that that should impact our our betting but yeah if he threw four last week i think it's reasonable to guess that he might throw two this week the way dalton schultz is playing and cd lamb might just give him one the way that yeah. Debo D- samuels does for uh Anybody who's playing quarterback for
1: um 49ers. Also, like the odds are, even if the 49ers play a really good game defensively, there's still a very good chance that the Cowboys will score two touchdowns. Um, just with the amount of possessions and how fast the 49ers are scoring, also.
0: So I like it. Two bets. we were three and one last week. We're good at this. one.
1: Yeah, one more. Jared right. McKinnon over fifty six and a half combined rushing and receiving yards. Yeah yeah give me the logic behind this what's your rationale the reasoning um because he has been really good he's playing two or three downs in the chiefs backfield and I assume they're gonna try and run it up against the jaguars that's my that's my logic uh, okay. is that he's gonna get a lot of dump offs last week he had um not that many but who knows
0: yeah i mean it's it's tough with that offense and with that quarterback that uh, anybody can have the big game. I know Patrick Mahomes is going to have a big game. I feel strongly about that, but who ends up with it? And I guess you could argue also McKinnon's going to get a good number of carries. If we believe that the chiefs get out to a good lead,
1: he might get 56. I wanted to look at Mahomes' line, but it was three hundred and forty six yards. And I was like, that's just patently absurd. Yeah, I can't yes. bet on that. Because yeah. he could have an awesome game with three hundred and twenty yards. Yeah, he could. And I can't in good conscience
0: bet the under for Patrick Mahomes on anything. So
1: Yeah. So let us stay away from this one. Yeah, I don't
0: let's like do the, the I don't time. like the McKinnon bet. Get it out of my face.
1: Okay.
3: Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
0: All right. Ozzy open? Yeah, Ozzy open. Let's do it. I saw that my, my man, I, I looked it up a little bit. I, I watched the the highlights of Rafa, which we'll get mm-hmm. to, but shout out Francis TFO. That's all. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's only dropped one set in two matches, and I think he's playing... Later on today, on Thursday. Um, I want
1: to get your live reaction on something because okay. I want see. you to see his outfit at the Australian Open because he's gotten a lot of praise and scorn online in the tennis fan community. I'm sending it to you right now. Sorry, I'm no filibustering. No problem. And I love it, but I think you're really going to love it.
0: <laughs> uh just came through. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's outstanding. Why could it? Who, uh, who has a problem with it? It's not. It's not Wimbledon. It's
1: Aussie Open. Get sexy. I a little psychedelic sexy fit. Do your thing, Francis. It's exactly right. He um, I think some people just don't get fashion. <laughs> and, that's, and you that's do. Big problem. You that's do. right. And I do. I mean, he, he also came out. He had the beats that had the same pattern on it. The shoes are painted with the same pattern, too. So it's great.
0: I love it. I love it.
1: All right. So your man Rafa's out. Um, are you upset? Uh, yeah, I was sad. I was sad. This match ended at like two in the morning last night. And I was sort of sad. Watch, sadly, watching it alone on mute on my phone in bed. Um, but so he pulled his hip flexor and or we don't know the damage. He injured his left hip in the second set. And it's sad because it seems like this is the end for our sweet balding prince. Every time he plays for more than a couple hours, he gets injured. Like last year he had the dying bone in his foot and he had to keep getting uh, like wave therapy treatments to kill the nerve so he could play. And then he tore his abdomen uh, or tore muscle in his uh, abdominal muscle. And now he's injured his hip and he was sort of the last bridge to an era with Federer with these like likable great players because Djokovic is a lot less fun to watch and a lot less um, compelling. And it seems like until Alcaraz gets healthy, we're going to have an easy run for Djokovic through the big tournaments. And it's just sort of a bummer for the, I don't know, the best or second best player of all time to go out injured. I was going to ask you to explain Alcaraz to me, but you just did. He's hurt. Yeah, he pulled his hams. It actually kind of sucks. He put he was playing a fifteen year old American in a practice match and slipped on the court the day like two days before the Australian Open and pulled his hamstring.
0: Alcaraz is one of the few like super athletes in tennis that I yeah. actually look forward to watching. So it's too bad. How, how bad do you think that fifteen year old feels?
1: He's training <laughs> at the same academy as Alcaraz and they're they're playing a practice set.
0: He feels great. Um, it's not his fault He didn't push him down so I, I'm gonna write a letter to I don't know who Joe Biden maybe because somehow you watched an American beating a doll and shed a tear in bed I mean
1: I I, I want your citizenship revoked USA very happy for Mackie McDonald who <laughs> was kicking his ass before the hip injury also so I love it Mackie Mac, all yep. the way to the final let's do it Mackie Mac. All right, Charlie,
0: we're out of here. I appreciate you. Awesome, as always. Thanks, Christina Buswell, Adi Khan, Sarah Abbott. Um, See y'all next week. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.
2: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.